Welcome to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dr. Rogelio Ralzola, a PhD in health, exercise, and sports science, a strength coach with over a decade of experience in personal, collegiate, and professional settings, and a sports scientist whose main goal is to use testing and data to maximize your health and performance. And I'm Brooke West, holistic registered dietitian, practicing the perfect combination of a functional nutrition, science-based root cause approach, and hippie magic, with areas of expertise in women's health and hormones, gut health, and micronutrient balance. We believe that health is multifaceted, but not as complicated as others make it seem. Our mission is to share what works and what's BS in the health industry, all while having a good time doing it. Expect us to share everything from new research to tried and true health philosophies to alternative health therapies and the occasional controversial topic. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered podcast. My name is Dr. Robo and I am here with the jungle lady herself, Miss Brooke West. How are you doing, Brooke? Hello, I am fabulous. It's a beautiful <laughs> rainy day here in the rainforest. I can't complain. A beautiful rainy. Explain that to me because the past three days here in Baltimore has been just so gloomy and rainy and I'm like, ugh, I just want to sleep. I don't want to do anything. What is beautiful? It does rainy? make you tired. So tired. Yeah. It does make you tired, but it's re- still really pretty. Like the sun is still out somehow and <laughs> we've got the foliage very relaxing nice well my we have some uh we have some gardening in the back that's about all i can say for this urban jungle that i live in um side note congrats to uh casey my fiance for growing a cucumber yay we grew a cucumber it took three months but we ate it in uh half a minute so um yeah shout out to so much better than a grocery store right uh couldn't tell you. You know, I don't eat enough. What? I don't, you couldn't taste the I don't difference? eat enough cucumbers to be like, oh, yeah, you can tell. It's like when people are like, oh, you can tell this is grass-fed beef. No, you can't. No, you can't. I don't think you can tell grass-fed beef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you but I do crap. think with veggies, like, you can totally tell. Cucumbers have so much more flavor when you grow them than, like, you go to a grocery store. They just taste like water to me. Yeah, but, like, that's what I was going to say. It's, like, the difference between, like, water and water with, like, a hint of lime juice in it. It's, like, it's whatever. It's just a bland tasting vegetable, but... This you don't have a sophisticated palate. I don't. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Protein shakes, chicken and rice. Uh, no, just kidding. And and we have corn growing too. I say we, really her. Um, have corn growing, and um, hopefully we get to have some of that soon. I don't even like corn, but I'm like, oh, I'll eat it if you know. I've seen it grow, grow into a giant thing um, over the past couple of months. But um, how do we get talking about this? Oh, the rain. The rain and Costa Rica. <laughs> I think I actually hear it in the background, um, which is really nice. It's really comforting. Yeah, most people have metal roofs here, so it can get really loud. But you know, yeah, it's uh, it's really soothing. No worries. I always edit it in post. But um, <laughs> what we actually we spent <laughs> twenty five minutes uh, talking, catching up. I don't know if it, it was really just tea spilling, huh? Um, which the hot yeah gossip. yeah join our patreon or our only fans to hear about that uh no but uh yeah what's what's new what's happening in in your world um especially in the in the context of you know um west nutrition if anything yeah 
behind the scenes, it's been really exciting. I've had a community now for almost a year. Wow. And I'm actually getting ready to really expand it to be a community focused on learning and connection. And I'm switching it over to a really fancy platform. And I really want to curate a space where people can come to easily plug in and learn about living a more holistically aligned life and connect with other people who are doing that and give a lot of resources because I think it can be really hard to navigate with there's so much marketing and there's just like, is this product okay? Is this not? How do I know? So I really want to create a space all about holistic health and healing and how that continues to evolve for me and bring in uh, guests and kind of even dive into things that I probably haven't, I haven't really talked about. Like a lot of the somatic practices I do um, and different nervous system regulation practices. So I'm really, really excited about this behind the scenes and it should be launching soon. Oh man, it's so exciting. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like you're nurturing this little, this little children who's just getting ready to come into life and, and do its thing. So that's exciting. Um, on my end, uh, uh, I'm revamping my website. I've been working over the past two, three weeks to get that settled in. Hopefully it's out soon. Um, yeah, just making it a lot cleaner and, and kind of laying the groundwork for some of the stuff that you just talked about where it's like community or at least like uh, access to educational things and, you know, just having it uh, instead of just like blogs, right. But having it be more interactive and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and I, I know I messaged you a couple of days ago, um, on an ebook. I'm like, um, I've started writing uh, this ebook that I think is going to be just a really good resource for um, a certain group of people that I'm excited about. And it's been a long time since I've willingly written anything um, because I didn't even willingly write my dissertation. You know, that was kind of just like this thing needs to get done. Um, But I'm excited about that. I'm excited to talk about it more as it kind of comes into, into being and um, you know, really just giving, having a, a resource for for people so i think it'll be um it'll be cool to kind of test the the waters with that and see if i have any um any more creative juices uh or if the phd just made me straight analytics you know and just kind of ruined my ability to feel but uh <clears throat> yeah it took me a while and i didn't do a phd i only did my master's <laughs> but it took me a while to get out of this like very academic way of <laughs> yeah. thinking and speaking like i'm still working on it and when i talk to the average person and things i say i'm like man i sound like a jargony yeah. fool like <laughs> yeah. i need to learn how to talk to a normal person yeah yeah the other day i said something about like firing synapses and i was like shut up dude whatever man (laughs) like there's this need for me to be like no no i promise i spent 10 years in higher education and got a phd like trust me and then it's like nobody cares as long as i can get the messaging that i need to get across like i don't have to do it in a in a super fancy textbook way but ah, yeah hopefully that uh, gets fixed soon i guess i'm really only like a year out almost really only seven months so it'll be it'll be some time until I'm the new version of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we do have a question of the week before we uh, get into what we're talking about um, today. Um, and this kind of stems from a conversation that we were having. But uh, what are the three main things that you miss about living in the U.S.? Because I think a lot of times um, 
people hear Costa Rica and it's like, yeah, it's just uh, like paradise and everything is perfect, right? Um, but the U.S. is a first world country. I don't know if like Costa Rica like is or isn't. And there are clearly things that are different um, and no place is perfect. And I was like, oh, I wonder what she she misses. So this one actually came from me because I wanted to know. Yeah, it's actually really hard to live here. A lot of people will come live for like one to three months and then they leave. So I think it's just like it, it looks really beautiful and romantic like on my Instagram when you see yeah. where I live. But it's actually a really, really tough life. And so a lot of people give up and leave. <laughs> but <laughs> truly, like it's it's really it's interesting. But I love the people here um, and they're pretty tough people. But I live very remotely. I'm in like a town, if we can call it a town. There's not even really like a big grocery store or anything. Hmm. I'm up in the mountains like 35, 40 minutes away from a city where there's a big grocery store and things like that. And uh, I would say, though, like the things that I miss the most are kind of are, I don't know, interesting. I, I guess I have four big things. The <laughs> first one is I really miss books in English. Oh, it's hard for me to find books in English. And because of the import taxes here, you can't like just ship something to yourself. Mm. There's also not the way they write addresses. You don't have like a street address. It's like I live 300 meters north of the ice tower across the street from <laughs> this other landmark. Nice. <laughs> really? Seriously. So it's hard to get things shipped here. But I actually brought a whole suitcase full of books and I'm having someone help me import another order of books from the u.s so we'll see how that goes because i love have books and i miss my books in english what about audiobooks uh, sorry to cut you off like no i mean i feel like i like listening to podcasts okay. and i depends on the audiobook but i really like to have like a physical book in my hand that i can like mark up with my pen i like a good book okay well it's good to know i, I yeah. hate sitting down and reading so audiobooks i'm like i can do this. college prior did that yeah 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 <laughs> after you read so many papers you're like i don't want to do this anymore I don't it's just work this. it's work for me it took me a while too to like get back into it but i really love okay. it okay it's a fun way for me to like learn I think. everyone's in Brooke and books. then i would say i would say the other thing is like luxury like fancy luxury self-care experiences <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna just be that girl for a minute like i i really miss that uh, when I go back to the States, I is when I get my hair done and highlighted and all <laughs> things, which is funny. Um, I really miss smooth roads and reliable cars. Mm. Like, I don't know why, but like, even if you, I mean, I guess if you got a brand new one, you probably wouldn't have as many issues as a lot of us. But the cars, it's just like so hard on the cars to live in this weather. For sure. And it's you know, you're always at the mechanic and then it's not like in the US where you go to the mechanic and you give them your car and they give it to you an hour, two hours later and you get a loaner while there so you can still live your life. Like it's like, oh, I'm going to drop my car off and like maybe I'll get it in a week if I'm lucky. <laughs> so I better figure my shit out. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of how it goes. Oh, no. It's just like, it's like going back in time in a lot of ways yeah. where you have to chill. Like you cannot be a high stress, super scheduled, rigid person or you'll literally go insane living. Which here. is funny because that's like, what you were I, I i don't know yeah, if i say exactly. are still but like when i met you up until like you left like that is that was you type a everything has to be this way um so it's funny to be in an environment that kind of forces you to 
to be different or to adapt at least. Um, oh yeah, Costa Rica has been a big part of my healing. It's been very humbling. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really humbling in so many ways. Oh, I could God. do a whole podcast about that. Yeah. And like smooth roads, right? Like I go back to the United States and I get in my truck, uh, which I'm I'm actually selling, which I have emotions about. Oh, no. But um, yeah, it's time for me to let go of a lot of those things. I don't need two cars and two homes. Sure. But um, well, I get in my truck, which is like a Chevy off-roading truck, okay? This is not like a fancy, smooth <laughs> BMW. Like this is like an off-roading yeah, yeah. Chevy. <laughs> it's like on Jurassic Park. And I Park. get on those roads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get on the roads there and I'm like, I am I am a queen. I'm floating across these roads. <laughs> like, like it's so funny. And then I would say like the other really big thing is um, I miss not – I don't like coexisting with bugs, but you mm. it's just a part of your life here. Yeah. The way they do construction, a lot of it isn't super, super gap sealed. Like I live in a wooden casita where you can see through the wooden slats. Mm. <laughs> wow. So it's just normal like to coexist with bugs in the house. Yeah. And if the ants are there, you need to like get rid of whatever the, the ants are liking. It's, you can't. And um, the property I live on, like we don't use any, um, we use all biodegradable, mm. like green products yeah. so i can't be out here with like a freaking can of off with a red like, can yeah just <laughs> yeah like no <laughs> so uh which i don't want to do there's there's other natural things you can do like borax actually to like keep ants away so i would say that's the other thing is like you know once you see i had a scorpion in my closet mm. i've had like a spider the size of my hand in my bedroom my bathroom is outside too which i don't think a lot of people know so in it which is cool right like you're showering and you're looking at the mountains like you're sitting on the toilet and you literally see the most beautiful peaks in costa rica yeah but when you go to the bathroom at night like you also might see a spider that looks like it was a descendant of a dinosaur <laughs> trade-offs so. it's like you know when i have diarrhea at least i'm looking out but even with your best <laughs> poops you're like i might get stabbed by a scorpion here yeah. Are there snakes there? Because I think the like someone's inherent fear might be like, there's a snake that's going to come off the toilet and bite you right in the butt. Yeah. There's slither a lot. You know, I've only seen, I've only had one incident with a snake mm. and it was a very poisonous one. Oh, good. It was on my porch. But other than that, I've never seen snakes in my like immediate vicinity of my house, mm. but it's definitely common. And there's like, you have to be really careful cause they're really poisonous and you only have like maybe 60 minutes to get antivenom for some of them. And I'm and like 40, 40 minutes, minutes away yeah. from the hospital. So <laughs> Hey, I don't know what you uh, are saving up for, but antivenom might be one. of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you have to be careful. And there's things like pumas that live up here. Mm. Wow. But you also have like monkeys and sloths and, um, what are those freaking big lizards? Komodo dragons. Iguanas. Oh. I have like a lot of iguanas in my yard. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, I think it's why like we loved Hawaii was uh, there's like no apex predator on the land. So it's like, well, there are a bunch of chickens running around. It's just really nice. Like no snakes, <laughs> no giant spiders. It's all good. But um, yeah, that's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I... You know, bugs or whatever. I don't care for books, but I do love flying in my car. So that would be the hardest thing. When I'm going back from games at night and it's just me in the tunnel, like, you know, legally this is a joke, but uh, <laughs> I just love to fly in that thing. Like 90, 100 miles an hour or whatever. But um, I don't. Yeah. That's the other weird thing is like I 
don't drive over really 35, 45 miles an hour. That's like, like you well, just you can't, can't on a lot of yeah, these yeah. roads. So then when I go to the US and the speed limit is like 70, I'm like, oh God, like, <laughs> I'm going to die. Yeah. Why is everyone going so fast? And everyone's honking at you like, why are you so slow? <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, man, thank you for the insight. Yeah, we were talking about how, uh, you know, some, yeah, of course, like on Instagram, you can curate what you send out, but for sure people see things like that and they're like, oh yeah, perfect world. It's like, it's not the resort. It is not the resort. It is I should the start country. sharing more you of should. the negative side so that should. people stop moving here because <laughs> yeah. it's just getting like, I, like I, I'm going to just start being like, <laughs> I'll have like a hardcore nature documentary behind the scenes of all the bad stuff so that people stop, <laughs> people stop moving here. Yeah, or they'll get there and they'll be like, this just isn't for me and they'll leave in three months. So it's not, it's not a huge deal. Well, oh man. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if you can hear that dog barking in the back. I think it's my neighbor's dog. But um, what we're going to talk about today and, and what we're excited to talk about today is, I don't know if like weight loss mistakes is the right way to put it. Um, it'll be interesting to see whatever we title this because <laughs> right now we have cool title about weight loss. But um, I really just, we were talking about how there are so many different um, misconceptions, I think, uh of weight loss, of the process of weight loss um, that maybe isn't talked about enough or maybe it's just something that like we have to say again. I feel like we've said this stuff before in the past three years of podcasting that we've done, but it's always good to, you know, to revisit that and be like, hey, you know, our opinions or like how we go about things might have changed, but the the process still really like hasn't and there's still a lot of hoopla within the health and wellness and fitness space and um being able to kind of just look past all that and be like this is actually what's happening or what might actually happen um it's really good and in a lot of ways kind of goes back to what we just talked about about you know costa rica right where and hey weight loss is this like fun great journey that you always get your dream body but there's a lot of like crappy times that come with it. Um, it is work. Uh, there are a lot of things that people don't see that they don't tell you about because it isn't really glamorous or anything. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of touch on those things and have a conversation, uh, you know, that hopefully gets people to think about some of the things that they hold when it comes to like weight loss and their ideas of weight loss. But um the biggest one I think is always like our idea of what burning calories is or like what a calorie is um, and like can I just move around more and burn calories and that's going to get me all the weight loss I need right like what are your thoughts on on that or when someone says like yeah I've been trying to lose weight like I'm, I'm taking an extra walk around the block once or twice a day but I'm changing nothing else, right? Yeah, in my opinion, it doesn't work. You have to pair changes in food and what you eat and the way you eat with the movement. For sure. Especially, I think, like an older adult population, like maybe when we're kids, it's different. Our metabolism's different. Hormones are different. But if we're talking about like just in adulthood, I think it's almost impossible to just be like, 
I'm going to only change movement and that's all I need to get to my goals. Like that's my, that's a strong opinion. It's like that saying you can't out train a bad diet. The thing is like you, you can out train a bad diet, right? But you don't have eight hours of training (laughs) to do that. that, That's like, that's, that's the thing either you, and we're talking strictly about like weight loss, right? Um, Either you put way more time into doing more activity or do really intense activity for, you know, a shorter period of time. Um, or you cut out extra food or food in general. Because it, I know we've talked about this before, like, but the the equation like calories in versus calories out, like it's it is it boils down to like very simple thermodynamics. I say simple, it's not simple, but like it is an equation and it is much harder for you to shift that calories burn side than it is to affect the calorie intake side. Like just, it's just math and it sucks because it's way more fun to be like, Oh, let me just add in an extra training day instead of having to consistently eat less. Like, of course that's going to be harder. Um, and it would stand to reason that like, that's why we see people not getting to the goals that they want or not affecting as much change as they want, because everyone is willing to add in an extra hour of exercise here and there, but not everyone is willing or as willing to eat less every meal or eat smarter every day. Like those are really tough um habits to change without a doubt yeah and i think you know a lot of people we don't burn as much as we (laughs) think we do while we're training right so even if you add an extra training session a pound is technically 3,500 calories so like you're definitely not burning that much in in what would be a normal training session yeah i mean you you go like running and like running pretty hard for Let's say two hours. Let's say you can do that, right? Let's say first you are fit enough to be able to run two hours and then you're able to do it. Like we're talking maybe 600 to 1,000 calories depending on pace, depending on person, depending on experience, right? All that. Okay. That's still only like a fifth or a third of what you might eat throughout the day if you are eating or if like your body needs 3,000 calories, Unless you're doing that every day, which, to be honest, you probably are not, then how? Well, nor should, nor yeah, nor do you want to. That yeah. would be terrible for <laughs> yeah. you. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to run like a half marathon every day. And the, there are people that do that. There are people that have the gifts, the work ethic, the desire to do that. Awesome. There's a reason Michael Phelps was able to eat 7,000 calories a day. Good for him. He was training like a freak. He also won a billion gold medals. Have you won a billion gold medals? No. So you are not going to literally double the intake of like the uh, of like an average size male, right? Um, so yeah, it just it. I agree with you that like people just don't understand how little they burn, um, but also how little they move, which kind of is the same thing as that, right? Oh, yeah, I lift every day. Cool. You lift every day. Like, I have my 
watch and it tells me how many steps I get as I lift. If all I do throughout the day is walk to the gym, lift and walk back, I'll get maybe 5,000 steps a day. Just because, I mean, I work on in a desk, even when I'm working at the field, like it's not a lot of getting up and it takes work for me to hit that like that magic 10,000 step uh, number. But that that is not how like that's still not going to do enough. Like you have to be way more active. And even if you think one more walk around the block or an extra 10 minutes of activity is going to make this huge dent it's just not which is a pain to understand um but it's just the the reality as well what are you what are your feelings about like wearables and the accuracy of the calories burned yeah that it gives you? not at all no <laughs> I mean, like, yeah i don't think they're accurate at all so yeah. someone will be like i burned this money i think i need to change my macros i'm like i don't think you did right yeah i think your watch is just giving you a number and that's great to track patterns but like we're not going to use this to do for my athletes that actually still do that i'm like we're not going to use that this as a measure yeah, I, I think that they're really good at measuring what's happening in the moment. Like the the heart rate, um, I mean, any like decent uh, tech watch is going to have like a heart rate monitor on it. Like, And that is really how the calculation of how many calories burned like goes into it. Um, and if you have like an app, like the Garmin app, where you can put in your height and weight, then it becomes like a little bit more accurate. But like... Oh, activity level. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty active. Are you? And then, like, that's just a multiplier that gets put into the formula. So it's very difficult to to see when, or, or it's very difficult to to speak to how accurate it can be. Now, if you're using, like, the heart rate monitors during training so that you can be like, hey, I'm on zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five, like, I think that that's pretty reliable um especially if you have like an actual heart rate monitor around your chest but like the ones around your wrist still are like they're not going to be as good as something that's literally right next to your heart um and it's also like you know that this tech is growing it's really only been around for like 10 years um and it's getting better but no way shape or form would i ever be like oh we have to really change things because of your watch yeah just doesn't make any sense in my mind i think another thing i would say before we move on to the next one is the importance of strength training and building muscle as part of the movement that you do for sure not necessarily because of the calories burned because like going for a a run for two hours you actually on paper right like might be like oh i burned more calories but i personally think the metabolic benefit of strength training and building muscle is like that's where it's at what are your opinions? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, I want to, you always start by saying, and I agree with it, that like all exercise is good exercise, right? We want movement. I should probably be doing more cardio and I have been, I'm seven weeks straight. Let's all applaud me. But like the that Peloton the, score yeah. got you, the gamification it, it, got it did. you. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually haven't even played the games. It's just sitting for 30 minutes cycling. I'm like, wow, this is terrible, but I'm mentally trying to harden myself. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that like, uh, of course, like we we won't get into like um, uh, 
post-exercise, um, like oxygen consumption. But when you do work, right, you expend energy and we expend a certain amount of energy to get back to our baseline. Um, I think that's been kind of overblown. I think that that's going to be a really good episode that we should do. Um, but you're right. If I go and do sprints or something and I come back, that's going to be uh, more than I would be just lifting. But arguably, because muscle um, is more metabolic or it takes more energy to keep around, um, to grow than your fat cells, um, building more muscle means that you inherently need more calories to survive, to keep that there, to grow it. Um, so you kind of get like a, a bigger bang for your buck over time if you focus on growing muscle. And running isn't going to like grow your muscle as much as strength training, um, especially longer durations, because you can look at like the best marathon runners in the world. They are very skinny. Their muscles are very efficient. Um, but they, <laughs> if you were to look at them not running, you'd be like, oh, that's a very sickly person, right? They have like no body fat, no muscle mass. Um, and you look at a sprinter, someone who like creates high power is very strong. Like those are generally the bodies where like, oh man, that's who I want to look like. Um, so yeah, there's like, I think in my opinion, there's a greater payoff when you build muscle over the long term. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't be doing any sort of cardio either which i know is not what you're saying but yeah but like that. the general uh, like you know general population i guess those of us that don't have really big athletic goals that are centered around like a sport or for work or we're not competing on in something i, I think just being a well-rounded human means having well-rounded exercise for sure yeah i mean it's it serves a really good purpose to be really strong right? Your quality of life increases, you have more muscle, which means that you get to live longer. Like very rarely does getting stronger negatively impact you, but that's just me being a gym rat. So yeah. Um, I think the, the other thing, and this kind of goes to the training, um, that we hear is that like, Hey, well, you know, I've been training three, four times a week or, I eat really well during the week and then the weekend it's just kind of like whatever that is like, I think what most people do. And I don't think that you fully understand how doing that can blow up all of the work that you put in during the week. And so I, you know, I think that like from the nutrition standpoint, like that's huge. And I think that's something that like people need to hear about. Yeah. When I first started working with people one-on-one, -on -one, it was more for athletic performance and weight loss. And that's obviously not my focus anymore. But when I was working with people in this way, most people would opt for calories and macros being tracked. And um, it's, it is easier in some ways. And I also have an intuitive way, which is the way I eat and the way I really teach most people now. We don't there's no need to track calories and macros. We can do it other ways. But at the time, that's what we were doing. And I had some clients where I would make graphs because I wanted them to understand like, and see the direct correlation of what was happening. Yeah. So I would make these graphs that would show, okay, here's where 
you would go on a weekend trip and everything goes out the window and your weight goes back up. <laughs> and it's just like here's when you're at home and you're cooking for yourself here's a weekend when you went out and you drank a ton of alcohol yeah like just to show like this visual of like this is what's happening and i think my biggest like pet peeve i guess is nine times out of ten it really hasn't sunk in for people that you will have to change your life to get the stain, sustain the results that you actually want. Like you can't go in and say, I'm going to do the whole 30 and then I'm going to just go back to eating this other way. Cause then you're just going to go back to the way things were before. Your body will go right back to where it was. So I think that that's like the big piece I really want to like shake people awake to quite honestly, because so many people complain about their weight and I'm like, not, you know, I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I don't believe that's the most important marker of health. Yeah, absolutely. However, it is a marker of health. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, if this is something that's really important to you and healthy for you to lose weight, then like shake, shake awake with me. Yeah. Like this <laughs> yeah. is okay. Then we're going to, we are going to change your life and you're going to have to change your patterns. It can't be, I clock in on Monday, I clock out on Friday, and I'm going to go wild on the weekend. Because the other thing I would see is people would know that, and they would overeat even more than they normally would on the weekends because they think it's some kind of, I get to clock in, clock out, free for all. So it almost made things like worse. Yeah. And it's also like, um, well, I already fucked up today, so I might as well do it. And then they do that every week, right? Or every weekend. And I think something that that really helped me, something that's helped a lot of my clients, something that for sure helped my fighters, because with fighters, right, it is they had to be under a certain weight in order to compete within their weight class, was they would like randomly weigh in, right? And it's like, oh my God, I'm up five pounds. Like, it is 2 p.m. and you have had breakfast and lunch and you haven't weighed yourself for a week. Like, this number doesn't mean anything, right? Because... It is just one snapshot in a day. But when you look at calories and, you know, we're talking specifically like macronutrients and tracking that, like from a weekly budget instead of like a daily budget, it really helps to put things in perspective because it's like, hey, if I decided I wanted to go out to eat with my girlfriend and my friends and so I I ate more on Monday, but I also know that like Tuesday, I'm probably not going to eat as much and the rest of the week stays consistent, then it's it's a wash, right? Like you've evened out your weekly budget. But that's also how you get to understand why eating the extra three to 5,000 calories on the weekend is blowing out all of this work you did for the week because let's say you're like, hey, you know, I'm gonna cut out 500 calories a day for five days. It's 2,500 calories. But then on the weekends, I'm going to have an extra three to 5,000 calories. Like, doesn't matter what you're doing. You are at a net positive. So you are going to not lose weight. You may also put on weight. Um, and like that causes you to be more restrictive during the week. Then that causes you to binge more during the weekend. And it becomes this like super vicious cycle um, that can like really mess you up. But yeah, so much, so much can just be thrown away in, in a day or two, um, which is annoying, but it is again, thermodynamics, right? <laughs> like that's just how your body yeah. kind of works. 
Okay, controversial opinion you might not even agree with, but I think that if you're metabolically healthy, you have a resilient nervous system, you're sleeping, right? You shouldn't have to worry about this. Like this, like I don't want people to think like, oh man, to maintain a healthy weight, this sounds like so much work and I have to think about, well, if I go out on Monday and this and that, like, you know, you, you really actually, if you're metabolically healthy and have a resilient nervous system and you're taking care of yourself in all these other ways, this should be a non-issue really. And you can follow your hunger cues and you move your body every day and you do these things and it's like not a problem. But I think that's where it's like, that's why it's important that this is a real lifestyle change yeah. and commitment for you, not just the shallow, like, I want to lose five pounds. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't disagree with you. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, because it's like, it's the same reason that most of us, like when we are active and eating well and that are like, we can stay around the same weight because it's like, oh, I just, I don't even step on the scale. I just kind of do what I do. And every now and then I'll step on and be like, oh, I'm still the same what I was like, cool, whatever. But, you know, if you are trying to um, actively lose weight or actively gain weight, right, then the scale is a great tool to be like, Hmm, all that work that we put in over the past month, like I did not put on a single pound of muscle. Maybe I need to eat more or maybe I need to train more and then vice versa, right? Like, man, I really tried to make <laughs> these healthy changes and I, not only did I not see any improvements in my sleep, sex drive or whatever, um, I also didn't lose weight. Well, maybe we need to be like a bit more clinical on how we track things but yeah i agree with you the work just needs to be done to get to that point right like you wouldn't yeah exactly so um i also think that uh one of the things we talked about was like you know taking essentially take taking days off right is what we talked about on the weekend for your goals whatnot but when it comes to exercise like you can and should take rest days, right? Especially if you're like going in there and really killing it. If you are kind of like, I don't want to say half-assing, but like maybe microdosing exercise and be like, I'm getting a little bit here and there. Like you can do that seven days a week. That's really healthy. It's it's a very um, important thing that you can do. So you're not just like beating yourself up for an hour and a half every day. Um, But on those rest days, like I don't think that means that you should like limit your movement it just means don't crush yourself at the gym so still go outside still you know go for a hike go for a swim do something that like challenges your body do yoga do like a flow it doesn't matter to me but you set yourself up for success for the rest of your exercise days or training days or training program whatever you want to call it if you keep moving um and you know like those days where you're really sick or something and you don't move for two or three days and then you get back into it, you're like, man, my body hurts. And part of that's because you were sick. Of course, you're still healing. But the other part is that like your body adapts pretty quickly to being sedentary because it's very comfortable. And if you are already sedentary in your job and then you come home and you are sedentary the four to five hours that you're awake after work, then it would probably behoove you to do some sort of movement every day and not treat like a rest day. Like, well, I won't be doing any sort of movement now. So, you know, just from the exercise standpoint, consistently doing work and movement is good. 
we should take rest days when we need them, but hardly should that mean lay in bed all day and, you know, not do anything. Won't get anywhere with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> another, this actually kind of came to me because I, <laughs> I was eating, um, we have these really, I mean, there's a ton of food at the field, right? Uh, so we got a professional chef making every meal, but, uh, there was like this yogurt and super good yogurt with whatever. And I was like, well, this is so good. Uh, what's in it? And he's like, oh, it's a full fat yogurt and blah, 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 and whatever. And instinctively I was like, oh shit, full fat yogurt. I don't remember the last time I've had that. Like, should I have that? Should I not? And of course I had it because like, I don't care. Um, but it was just funny because I, in my mind thought about how like, for a split second, like, oh, full fat, that's bad. Even though I've been doing this for 10 years, but like, I've never actively sought out full fat yogurt, full fat milk, whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people like forget that healthy fat foods are as calorie dense as they are, but they are also important. Like they're there for a reason. Um, and so I was wondering if like we could talk about that and kind of the nuance that comes with that. Yeah, I think this is a big, this gets, this can be like a misconception. So like a good example is someone's like, I'm, I started eating salads for lunch. I've got lots of veggies, put a little quinoa on there for a little bit of carb. I got my protein, got my avocado, and then I'm going to douse it in like a fourth a cup of dressing. Right. <laughs> and you're like, well, hold the phone. <laughs> um, you know, cause fat is extremely calorie dense mm -hmm. and it's not very filling for the most part. So like it's the most calorie dense, meaning for one gram of fat, it's nine calories. Mm -hmm. So when we eat things, um, we need fat because it helps us absorb nutrients, especially like fat soluble nutrients like vitamins a e d and k so it's really important like you're not going to get the nutrition out of the salad if you eat a fat-free weird yeah it's a good point you know, dressing but you want you do want to take it light because that makes a really big difference um in the, the calories that you consume and when you really get into the weeds on your goals and you've tapered your calories and all the things like that could be a make it or break it thing if you're not paying attention like peanut butter is another big one. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, I just had banana and peanut butter, you know, as a snack. Well, like how much peanut butter? Are you just <laughs> yeah. like a big old spoon in the jar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a, a real serving of peanut butter is only one tablespoon. Yeah. I, There's a lot of calories in just one tablespoon. I don't think many people have actually taken out like one tablespoon of peanut butter to see like, oh, that's not a lot. Right. And then, like you said, they put it on everything. I put it on everything. It's peanut butter. Um, without thinking like, oh man, this scoop that looks only a bit bigger is actually twice the size and therefore 400 calories, like important, yeah. important to think about. Yeah. An important detail, uh, measure your peanut butter. That's your homework after this podcast. <laughs> so it'll be a humbling experience. I'll tell you that. Um, so those are just kind of like little things to keep in mind, but I mean, I'm all for, you know, I think that a lot of the times on the, the information I share and like the more um, I have in a more intuitive way I teach people to eat and on the list, it usually does say low fat 
dairy products. And the reason I do say that is because they're, they're higher in protein and there's less fat. Um, but there's nothing wrong with full fat dairy products. You just need to be aware that there's higher fat content. It changes the macronutrient content. So that's kind of just my little asterisk on that. But I, I don't think like, I also don't subscribe to this whole, like avoid animal fat. I think that we've been fed a lot of lies about cholesterol and no, I really do. Is that like red meats? Is that? Yeah. Like red meat. People will say, don't eat red meat. Don't eat. Mm. don't eat you know so i don't i just don't believe that i think that it's we're we're oversimplifying very complex health issues by saying red meat causes high cholesterol yeah like i just i just don't subscribe yeah i'm out you lost me (laughs) so so you know have those things right because red meat is um you know it does have animal fat a good marbled steak you know we're not eating Mm. those things maybe every day but i think that i think they're important part of a balanced diet and i just think if your your goal is weight loss that might be something to consider especially things like nut butters and salad dressings yeah yeah and and another thing that uh i you said when it came to like low low fat food um just because it has low fat like on the label right like if we're talking strictly like calories weight loss management um does not mean that it's like lower calorie, right? Because Mm-mm. if you you can take the low fat bottle, flip it, and the normal one, I guess, and they might be the same, the same caloric density. Because if it doesn't have fat, it doesn't have flavor. How do we add in flavor? Sugars or more proteins. But most times, it's like added sugars because it's like, hey, you know what? We people have to eat this stuff. We need to buy it. Um, And I think that that's super important to realize that like on the opposite end, like, yes, high fats are healthy. You need them, but, or yeah, high fat foods, um, but they are calorie dense. The other side is low fat options are good options too, but they can also be very calorie dense. It's just that they're changing the macronutrient profile of it, which never helps. I want to clarify I'm just talking about like low fat yogurt, cottage cheese, milk. I'm not talking about low fat packaged food products because I truly think that we should be limiting our ranch is, I mean, that is, that's definitely like a fat product. (laughs) I don't know if I do, if I'm going to do ranch, like just do real. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But like, I mean, I I think about my mom, you know, and like the trends in the nineties where she would eat fat free Pringles, like weird stuff like that. And it gave her diarrhea. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like just do, you know, just eat as little packaged food as possible. Yeah. Like truly. And don't fall for those. Cause a lot of those packaged foods, exactly like you said, it's like, says low fat well they added sugar says low sugar well it's got a lot of fat like it's there's always something and i just think we don't get we don't get a lot uh from packaged foods in the way that we do when we just eat real foods and there's so much more nutrition and and benefit so yeah yeah very good point do you consider like jabani yogurt a packaged food or no because it's just yogurt I mean, technically, it's pro- yogurt is a processed food. Yes, right? Like, it goes through processing. But I, when I say processed food, I think more about, like, if you walk in a traditional grocery store in the middle, there's, like, cookies and boxes yeah. and bags and chips, stuff like that. Um, 
that's what I would consider to be like a processed food for context to this conversation. What about like a homemade cookie with like real butter and stuff? Is that, and I won't get into this anymore, but I am just thinking about like a homemade cookie. Like, is that still technically processed food? I mean, you baked it. I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to get into the weeds on <laughs> right. it. But like, I think that those things aren't bad either. Yeah, yeah. I But I would I would rather have someone make a, a, a real cookie from scratch because usually it doesn't have a lot of the stuff they add in store-bought cookies. Also, the flavor is superior. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest. It's got real butter. But I mean, that... Of course. Then that's to me. That's more of like okay, sweets and sugar, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that what's in the cookie batter usually like a cup, a cup and a half of sugar. So that's more just we want to limit our processed sugar. Yeah, that's fair. I just like to annoy you sometimes. You have too. to find ways around <laughs> yeah. what I say and like poke I'm me. like, she I, I hates you if you I'm eat food. Don't eat food ever. <laughs> Become emaciated. Uh, I I think kind of in the on the we talked about sugar and. This is a, like a different conversation. Um, I think people like hear sugar and they're like, oh, it like increases inflammation, right? Like a lot of nuance to that. That's the same thing as saying like don't eat fruits because it increases sugar. So that increases inflammation. But what are your thoughts on someone who's trying to lose weight, but they're not addressing underlying causes of inflammation and hormone imbalance and like how that is affecting them because i i don't know where i heard it i doubt i made it up um but i heard someone once say that like losing weight or they said uh losing weight to get healthy is hard and it's like easier i messed it up it's easier to lose weight when you're healthy than it is to lose weight to get healthy and i think that kind of speaks to what you're yes. going to speak to. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would very much agree with that statement. And normally like what this looks like in practice is someone will see results and then they hit a wall and there's only so far they can go is usually when someone's not addressing the underlying stuff, because it is an equation, like you said, of calories in calories out, like you can make a difference, but the way that difference is going to feel, you know, like that's also sure. a, you know, like if you're not sleeping, you're chronically stressed, you're depleted in micronutrients, you've got gut health issues, that's going to hinder how much you can even do yep. as far as committing to movement and having the energy to do these new things and take on these new practices. So from a practical perspective, it's not, it's not going to serve you. But then also from a results perspective, this is a lot of the times where I see people hit a wall and I'm like, this isn't going to get better until we can address some of these deeper layered things to start to shift how you're living your life and finding better balance. And I think that uh, inflammation's tr so tricky, right? It, there's just so many different angles and it's not one thing. But I think with taking a holistic perspective where you're not just, it's not about if it fits your macros, yeah. right? It is about sleeping seven to nine hours. It is about having some good stress management in place. And it is eating real foods that support your gut microbiome and making sure that you have, if you're taking high quality supplements, taking supplements, they should be high quality. A lot of, this is off subject, but I feel like I need to say it. <laughs> I don't think people understand the synergy between vitamins and minerals. And so I'll see a lot of people saying, well, I take uh, men's one a day. So I think I'm good. And I'm like, hold the phone. Uh, first of all, I don't really trust 
that company <laughs> or the sourcing or the quality. And I, I doubt what's on the label is actually in it. Like just being honest. Okay. Then the second piece is a lot of what's in it, like are, are synthetic forms of vitamins. So you've got ascorbic acid, you've got beta carotene and these things will impact other levels of other minerals. Yeah. And so for instance, like if you over supplement vitamin D, which is really common because everyone's like, ah, oh, like I don't have enough vitamin D. Right. And so they take really high dose vitamin D. Well, it depletes your magnesium levels. Super important yes. for like your nervous system and your adrenals and your sleep. So I think that just throwing supplements at your body is not the answer. And I would recommend trying to go about things in a much more intentional way. For most of my clients, I take them off of multivitamins and then I start them on what I call like our natural vitamin stack, which is usually beef liver capsules, cod liver oil, and a source of magnesium. Huh. And that's like, that's what you need. Um, I don't really like the idea of a multivitamin. So that's just like one thing people might not even be thinking about. Like they might be thinking like, oh, I'm, this is healthy. I need vitamin D. And like, you don't know, you've totally depleted your magnesium and that's really important for how you manage stress and would impact inflammation for sure. So that's like a super in the weeds thing that I like to nerd <laughs> yeah. out about. But yeah. that's like that's why it is helpful though if you're like, you know, I really don't know and I haven't had success doing this on my own, like hire someone to help you. Because this is the goal is that someone can teach you these things, get you on track, and then you can go spread your wings and fly and just live your life with a really understanding. Because I know that this is like very overwhelming if you've maybe never had experience learning about nutrition or the body or exercise before. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, and, and I, I heard what you said about the multivitamin and um, obviously like I, th this kind of goes back to like a a quick fix or like insurance, right? I, anytime, at least for the past 10 years, someone has asked like, you know, what are the supplements that work? It's like, you know, caffeine, creatine, maybe beta alanine. Um, and then there's always a caveat, like, and maybe a multivitamin for insurance purposes, right? Because, you know, people have been talking about, and I think there's some credence for a lot of different reasons, but like how our food isn't as nutrient dense. And if we are like getting, cheaper type of food then of course it's not going to be as nutrient dense and people also aren't going outside they're not exercising right there's a there's a whole lot of things that people aren't doing to treat themselves right um so i am still very much like at a bare minimum if you are not doing anything and maybe you're not at the right space you can't afford it whatever excuse or re i don't know what other words use except for excuse um you have at the moment, like take a multivitamin, fine, whatever, right? Because in some ways it's better than nothing, but like you've talked about in other ways, it is not. Um, there are a lot of athletes that I work with that will take a multivitamin and vitamin D and I'm like, you play outside. What are you doing? Like we make sure all the food is good. You don't need, for sure you don't need the vitamin D pills because there's like a thousand and five thousand ius into it but because you have the multivitamin you absolutely don't need it so let's let's back off right and that that's just people being like i see pills i pop them i'll be better it's like no um but yeah i mean i think really what what the core of this question was and when you kind of started talking about it was um at some point you hit a wall right like because your body is very smart and it's very much able to be like, I'm not getting 
this resource that I need. So I'm going to not be able to do something else or I'm going to stop something to supplement that. And then that's going to steal from something else, yada, yada, the list goes on and on. Um, I do believe that like in some ways you can balance or fix this through exercise alone. Um, but then we get into like, at some point you have to start doing deeper work, right? We know that exercise and movement is going to release myokines. It's going to increase blood flow. You're going to get a, the endorphin rush, like all these things that like, people always talk about that make them feel good. That is going to cause you to keep wanting to move and get stronger. You start to feel better. Your sex drive goes up. The mood goes up. Your sleep starts to go up. And then at some point you're like, wow, this is not hitting the way it used to. What's well, because you are depleting these minerals and vitamins that you need in order to exercise. And because you never took the time to fix your habits before you started putting in strenuous work or extra work you've blown out the reserves and you know sitting and eating rice and chicken all the time with no vitamins and no fruits like or vegetables and no fruits like there's going to be a price to be paid and whether that means the gains stop coming you start to become more sore uh, you stop getting as strong. Maybe you start to get weaker because your pro- your body's like, I just can't keep up anymore. Like, those are all important things that, like I said, you can start off really hot and you can start to change your life and feel really good. But at some point, if you are not fixing those hormone balances with all the other things you need with sleep and food and stress management, then no amount of squats is going to change your life and this is coming from someone who use squats to change their life life. (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) from a bona fide meathead so you know it's uh it's just an important it's just important to to say out loud like no amount of exercise is gonna fix things that need to be fixed yeah and really this whole like when we talk about inflammation hormone balance it's it's about how you structure your life to holistically support yourself for sure yeah like we do have supplements and things like that Um, but this is just, this is why the holistic piece is so important. It's not just about food and movement and there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. And in that holistic like vein too, like that's why we don't use a scale as our only, as our only tool, right? Like you can get so much stronger, faster, leaner, even like you can lose fat, but still weigh the same, especially if you are a newbie, um, And there's just so many other things that you can look at to be like, I am making changes. Like, and we've talked about that so much in this podcast, like that the scale, while a great tool, should not be the sole tool that you use. It should always be used in conjunction with with something else. Yeah, it'll get really defeating if you only look at the scale because it's not always going to move. Like I... Like this, you brought it up earlier, like it's not as simple as like calories in and calories out for the day. Yeah. It Really, it's more you need kind of to look at the weekly budget and because the body's like not adding things up at the register, like <laughs> right. subtract this amount today. Like that's just not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting if it did, awesome. but um, that's, the, it, that's not how the body works. So I think having other ways to track progress can help you feel successful because you want to do things like that 
you feel like you're making progress. It can be really mm-hmm. hard to keep at things and you feel like you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So I think just how your favorite clothes fit at taking photos, I think is a really good way just to keep for yourself. And, um, I love body composition testing. You know, it's obviously not realistic tool. Like we definitely don't have things like that here, but you know, in the States and most gyms now they do have stuff like that. Yeah. So you could use something like that to track trends I wouldn't also like live or die by that, especially if you're doing things like the in-body, like, you know, every, every tool has its shortcomings, but you could certainly use it to track trends and just try to control and do it under the same conditions. Yeah. I mean, the scale is, I know we just shit on it, but it's the simplest way to track body composition, like changes, I guess, because it's like, it's a number going up or down. Right. But from a weekly trend, that's why. That's why if I'm ever like, ah, let's see where my weight's at. Like I do it for the whole week. I do it every day because then I can see on average which way things are going or if they're staying the same. Whereas let's say someone is like, oh, cool. I'll go do the in-body right now. It is three o'clock and you've probably eaten two or three meals. Maybe you haven't even worked out yet like that. And also if you're dehydrated, it's going to like really affect the ability for the electrical impulses to go through it. So you may be anywhere from a three to 10% higher in your air quote body fat um, than you actually are. And you see that and you're like, well, I'm screwed. I don't ever want to do this again. Um, Whereas if you have the means to, I don't know why you do an in-body every day, but you could do that and then see like, oh, like this is how I flow every morning at 8 a.m. instead of like in the morning and then at night and then you whatever because that's also going to throw it off but yeah i mean nothing else to say other than like scales can be like really good friends but then they can also be like your worst enemy especially when people are like mentally attaching their (laughs) their worth uh yeah i was just gonna like give an asterisk to that that like we're not speaking to anyone who has uh, eating disorders or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that is not our audience. Yeah. And like the, you're going to have a totally different set of what's appropriate and weight loss probably is not it. So like if weight loss is healthy for you mentally, physically, okay. And then you can just, then it's like, all right, using this as a tool, but what else can I use to track? Yeah. I also think tracking how you feel is important for sure. Cause it shouldn't just be about mass um so yeah, you can come track on. Wh- whatever makes mass. you feel good <laughs> i mean oh boy i mean but track legs. how you feel working out i love tracking workout numbers and seeing weights go up yeah that i can that i'm stronger you know energy you know all those different things i would i would track so that you can be feeling good and celebrating all these little wins along the way while you're being patient because slow and steady weight loss is the healthy thing to do yeah I mean, did I incline dumbbell bench press 85s for a set of six the other day? And did I feel like a fucking man the rest of the day? Absolutely. (laughs) But would I have like known that if I wasn't tracking stuff? Like, no, I would have been like, oh, have I done this before? So I agree. I agree with that. Tracking, tracking weights is that by far the the best weights and reps, because then you can kind of choose what the wins are depending on what you're doing. But, um, and then I think finally, like, cool. I've learned so much about weight loss, some of the things I should do. I actually listened and I I lost 10 pounds or I lost whatever I thought was needed. Um, but how many people do we know do that? And then a year later, they're like, 
oh man, I I'm back at my original weight. Uh, let's just lose this ten pounds again, and then that happens for the rest of their life. Like, how do we sustain that weight loss? Like, and then how do we like start to live our lives again? Especially if you like crash cut something out, and you're like, well, how do I reintroduce this back into into my normal life? Hopefully no one's crash cutting anything. <laughs> yeah. Although I know there as soon are as I said that, I was like, to, like, we just said not yeah. to do that. But to make weight for sport and like different things, you know, like stuff happens. But I think that this is the biggest argument I have for you have to be honest with yourself how committed you are to making your body feel good. That's our number one goal, right? Doesn't matter what the scale says. How committed to you are, act- are you to actually feeling good in your body again? Because it is about changing your lifestyle. It's about changing your habits, about how you go to sleep, how you wake up, what you do in your spare time, the food you put on your plate, the things you say yes to and you say no to, how much alcohol you drink if you drink alcohol. Like there's going to be a lot that you're going to have to really assess your values. And so I think that doing that up front and really committing to a bigger why and a bigger purpose is going to help you not only be consistent and show up for yourself and like have that discipline for yourself. But then when you get to the other side, it's not like, Oh, I just reached my goal. I'm going to throw everything back out the window. It's like, no, I actually put in the work to change who I am and how I live my life on like a fundamental level. So I think that that's really how you sustain any progress you make, whether that's gaining mass or fat loss, whatever it is. When it comes to fat loss specifically, you're tailoring and tapering down like your your diet and your calories a bit. And so I think the other big piece is slowly increasing that because you've been eating in a deficit. You can go, you can actually go back to eating more while maintaining your results. And in fact, that's the goal. Yeah. Like we want you to eat as much as possible because that's so it's so many opportunities for nourishment while you're maintaining the results you want and your desired outcome. So just doing that in a slow, gentle phase, it can't be like the celebratory, I made it, I'm going to celebrate and eat a whole pizza and then like go back to eating like massive amounts. It also needs to be this slow and steady build back up to get your body used to a little bit more calories. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's something that I was like, I don't even know if I really got the point across <laughs> in my last snack where it's like, you know, you say you want to lose like 15, 20 pounds, but let's say like you make all these great life changes and like you, it, everything is sustainable at 12 pounds, then that's great. Like, do you really need that extra three to eight pounds when it's going to like throw everything out the window where it's going to encourage you to like binge on the weekends where it's going to be like, super restrictive like that's a conversation you have to have with yourself which goes back to what you just said about being honest with yourself like if you're willing to cut out the relationships foods and and whatever else it may be then good for you i'm not going to tell you how to live your life but if you're like i'm so happy and proud of the work that i've put in i didn't reach my like well goal of 20 pounds but my life has been forever changed because of these good habits and I lost 15. Like, I don't give a shit about those last five pounds and neither should you because yeah, for the next five, like one, five, ten years, like 
you are able to make those changes again without it being like a complete destroyer of your life and maybe even like your own mental and emotional health because you decided that that was like worth it. And yeah, that's why lesson. you can't live and die by the numbers. No. Well, it, you know, like this idea of like, well, I, I, you know, when I was in college or when I was in high school, I weighed, you know, when I was in high school, I weighed 115, 120 pounds. The perfect way for that a woman. Not, that is not <laughs> what I weigh, like no, at all, not. because I'm a full grown, healthy woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, So I think that that's something that you have to really like think about is you are in a different phase of life. It's not about going back to, well, I was a size two then, I should be one now. Yeah. No, like what's going to really be the most supportive for where you're at and like your goals and making sure like you're healthy and you're nourished and you're able to do the activities you want to do and have energy. It's not about going backwards to be your smallest, Yeah. you know? So just keep that in mind. Yeah, arguably you should be going forward to get your to be your biggest, right? You're going to like build, build more muscle, get stronger, like... You should always want to get stronger and more muscle in your life. So, yeah, don't don't try and, like, be small and, and, and whatnot. Take up space. Be juiced out. I'm not saying take steroids. I but... the difference between men and women for sure, though. For sure. There's a lot of societal conditioning for sure, yeah. that we could, we could have a but like, podcast I, about I don't that. ever want to be a medium again. I don't think I ever really want to be a large again. Like, I just want to be – for sure stay in this xl juicy xl and hopefully get up to a double and triple xl like i want to die in a casket that's nine feet wide because that's the only thing that's gonna fit me you know uh and one one last thing um is when we talk about like the challenges that people do you brought up whole 30 and i think of 75 hard all the time like is it a challenge to read 10 minutes a day and go outside and do 45 minute workouts twice a day like yeah that's a challenge fine but it's also if you really want to be like a real hardo it is also challenging to make life changes for the rest of your life like it's like the same people that are like well i don't do long endurance because like whatever but i'd love to do sprints like you don't do long endurance because you hate it and mentally you can't push yourself for 30, 60, 130 minutes. Like it's boring. It's work. But like, don't tell me it's because, oh, because sprinting's harder. Like, nah, it's because like you don't have the mental or physical fortitude to do that. And I'm speaking to myself there. That's why I've been doing more cardio because I'm like, ugh, it's boring. I need to do it though. I got to mentally harden myself a little more and be able to do this. But like, Arguably, it is much harder and more challenging to make consistent life changes that will last for years and decades than doing this thing for 75 days, 30 days, and then just being like, cool, like, I'll do that again next year. Like it, it's like backwards thinking almost to be like, yeah, this is a hard thing to do. And that guy doesn't get it. I don't know. That guy is... uh, healthy and strong and doesn't have to not do the things he you know doesn't want to do so pick your poison pick your poison there you know like i would love to do a follow-up of people who do 75 hard of like do you actually keep reading every day do you keep doing these things because if not this challenge was a fail (laughs) like in my opinion no but the challenge was to do it for 75 days you're like okay 
cool. Well, oh, okay. do it again you in a year. You cross the finish line. <laughs> yeah, but so many people I've seen that. Like, well, I do one every year, you know? And I'm like, but, eh, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. like the point of like, okay, for 75 days, I'm going to like torture myself so that I can cross a finish line Yeah. that doesn't sustain. So I have to do it again. Yeah. And no, thank you. Dumb, dumb. Also, don't run a marathon. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I just, I, we, we wanted to do this podcast, this episode, because like, it's like regardless of the people that we come in that come into work with us over the past 10 years i, I know for brooke maybe it's 40 but like Not everyone <laughs> it's like they're all the same themes right of people hearing this or wanting to do this but not willing to do this and it's just it's good to talk about and reaffirm that like one it is not just you, right? This happens to all, if not most people, or most if not all people. Um, two, it is difficult, which is why it's good to have someone who keeps you accountable, whether that's a coach, a good friend, a family member, your partner. Um, and, and, you know, three, like, it'll all take time if you put the work in. It's all good. But, you know, understanding that this is it's a simple road. It's not an easy road, but there's a lot of nuance to these things. And hopefully the, the things we talked about at least are a bit more cleared up um, as you continue with your weight loss journey, if that's what you're trying to do. Boom. I think that's a big thing is like, I don't really have much to add. I think that you closed it out perfectly. I just think that, um, Weight loss is easier than people think, but it requires true commitment. I think that's our, our big point. Put that on a shirt. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. Okay, I'm getting hot soaking in the sun here. So, Brooke, will you do me the honors? Cue that music. Nice. <laughs> All right, peace out, everyone. Got a little snapping and everything. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Thank you for listening to the Health Unfiltered podcast. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, rate the podcast, and share this episode. Connect with me, Dr. Alzola, on Instagram at ROI Health. For more details on all things sports and human performance coaching, visit getrohealth.com. You can find me, Brooke West, on Instagram at westnutrition.co. For all the ways we can work together on nutrition and holistic health, visit westnutrition.co. And don't forget to send us your epic questions of the week on Instagram at healthunfilteredpod. Catch you next time.